Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hiya, nerdoritos, and welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode number 220. This week, Mysterious Mike Talent and I went back to the movie theaters to watch the latest Guy Ritchie film, Wrath of Man. Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, real quick, man, I, I need to uh, confess uh, and make an apology to my wife. I forgot to mention on the last podcast that my wife really was the one who uh, identified the character uh, who is a laser in and uh, in uh, Thunder Force and then uh, Mantis in the MCU movies. I didn't quite see it until she said something. And uh, she wanted me to make sure that all of our listeners know. Okay. Well, I'm glad you got it out. It took a little bit, but you got it out, Mike. You got there. Yeah. So congratulations, Mags. Now, is she talking to you again now since after the podcast, it's out in the open that everybody knows she's the one that did it and not you? Um, I'm hoping that the communication lines will open up now. Good, good. It's been a quiet week then, huh, Mike? It has been a quiet week. Well, good, good. You you just talked to the dog and you talked to little, your little baby and that was it. Yep. Okay, good to know, good to know. So, all right, Mike, well, how about this? Why don't you talk to us and give us the rundown, all the listeners of the, our copious listeners of the Real Film Nerds podcast, why don't you give us the rundown for Guy Ritchie's latest, Wrath of Man. All right. So, uh, like you said, it was uh, directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, it was written by Nicholas Bokareff, Eric Bensnard. Uh, screenplay was by Guy Ritchie, and Marm Davies, and Ivan Atkinson. And this one is starring uh, Jason Statham, Holt uh, McCauley, Josh Hartnett. Haven't heard that name in quite a while. Uh, Ruchi Williams, uh, Jeffrey Donovan, uh, Scott Eastwood. This one is about the plot that follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. Well, all right, Mike, that you got through it. You did it. Congratulations. Did it. Thanks. I don't know how many you butchered, but it was less than half, I think. So I think good. so. Good. We have another giveaway this week. We teased it a little bit a while ago. What do you think? Should we give go ahead and do our giveaway now? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. From our good friends over at Paramount Pictures. They hooked us up with a few digital codes to their brand new film. It just hit the the digital world, the theaters, I think they have it in multiple places. Uh, the film is called Locked In. The trailer looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, you guys definitely want to watch this one if you're into thrillers. Looks like a, a nice little heist movie. It's a one-set thing. So um, Locked In just came out on May 7th. Here's the little bit of uh, business I need to read. Here we go. Now on digital... Mina Suvari and Costas Mandalore star in the heart-stopping thriller Locked In. 
Kidnapped and locked in a high-tech storage facility, a hostage must stay one step ahead of her captors in their hunt for stolen diamonds if she has any chance to escape alive. Secure your copy of Locked In, new to buy or rent tonight. It is rated R, and again, it is from our friends over at Paramount Pictures. For those of you who are our age, you will recognize some of the stars. Uh, Mina Suvari is from American Beauty and American Pie. Uh, Jeff Fahey is from Lost. And Costas Mandalore is from Virtuosity and the Saw franchise. So some pretty good star action there, Mike. Um, what do you think of the trailer? It looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely looks like it's a pretty hardcore thriller and uh, exciting. I'm interested to watch this one. So, all right, how's this for a contest, Mike? This might be fun. Email us, nerds at realfilmnerds.com, and tell us the last place you would want to be locked in. Ooh, dude, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's pretty good, right? Mike, where's yours? The last place I'd be want to locked in, um, like a cave. I think a cave would be not fun to be locked in at. I'm going to go with the lion exhibit at the zoo. <laughs> all right well that's that's definitely uh probably short-lived locked in period yeah but you know i would those those lions definitely would have leftovers <laughs> okay i know that was a terrible joke that was a terrible joke and yes mike that was a fat joke all right god that's that's what i was trying to process i was a little bit slow i was like what do you mean there's be oh <laughs> Oh, see, it's a it's a thinking man's fat joke. Hit us up, email us, let us know if you would like to uh, win a copy of Locked In from again our good friends over at Paramount Pictures. Thank you, Paramount. You guys have been awesome as always. So, Mike, back to the show. Wrath of Man. First thoughts, uh, Matt. You know, I love revenge movies, and this is a hardcore revenge movie. Uh, there is no. I don't know. It's it's just all revenge, and um, that might be a little bit why I don't like it quite as much as I like a lot of other revenge movies. If that makes any sense, Matt, I'll explain a little bit. No, no. It makes real good sense, Mike, because the whole thing from literally start to finish is about H's vendetta that he's going after, and they don't even explain until, what, at least a third of the way through why he's doing what he's doing so i i understand where you're coming from so go ahead and explain though if you want sure um some of the like revenge movies that i really love are movies like man on fire or um oh that's the quickest one that came to mind uh man on fire the character uh you know he builds a relationship with somebody and like you can see that they're being you know they're getting along and cared for or whatever. And then some stuff happens and then it kind of flips the, you know, and he's out to get, you know, revenge any way possible. This movie, it's like, it's already started at the point of the revenge is starting and we don't know exactly why. And then also like, I like, you know, I love Jason Statham, but the way that he played this character, it's like, He's just super cold, like, the whole time. He never, like, shows emotion or anything. Like, it's, I mean, besides, like, trying to chase after uh, the people when when his son was waiting at the car, 
I don't know, man. It was it was weird. It was weird. I never saw any emotion from him on anything. Like it was just so that was a little little off putting. I don't know. I guess he was just supposed to be such this super cold and like just monstrous person. I don't know. Like it was it was weird. That part was weird for me. I think it was the death of his son that made him cold and monstrous. But it, it is definitely a, a takeaway for Jason Statham. I mean, he's played cold characters in the past, but not quite like this. Um, his character from Snatch was not cold at all. He was very emotional. Uh, his character from uh, Crank, extremely emotional, extremely all over the place. So it is kind of a, a different kind of role for Jason Statham in one way. In another way, it's not because it's an action movie. And it's a pretty good hardcore action movie. Yeah, no, it it was well done. Uh overall it was it was shot pretty good. Um I liked uh some of the scene like I liked the scene uh at the depot quite a bit towards towards the end there. I'm not Spoilers, going to try Mike. And, yeah, yeah, I know. Jeez. I know, I'm just messing with you. No, I get you, I get you. That was a good scene. Um I have to say out of Guy Ritchie's most recent films, I like this one a lot better than I like The Gentleman. The Gentleman, I think, was okay, but I think this is a better film. I, maybe it's just because this one isn't quite all over the place. It's more linear. Now, it's not linear at, really at all. It jumps around a lot, but it does not in typical Guy Ritchie fashion. But it doesn't jump around a lot as much as The Gentleman. Like The Gentleman was just really confusing at times. Yeah, definitely the gentleman was more confusing. This movie was more straightforward. The the story was uh, simple but but effective as far as you know, uh just trying to get revenge on these people and um, go to great lengths um to to figure out who was responsible and uh you know, slowly we get there to to figure out what has happened as he um unravels the puzzle, but yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was well done as far as, like, I liked how a lot of the different characters were set up and just, it was trying to build to stuff, stuff, and I think it did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, it was neat to see some some of the perspective from the other side of the people, which we see later on towards, like, the mid-second act, towards the third act, so... That helped solidify what was going on in the movie because I think for a while there I was a little bit lost on what was happening. Like, I mean, I, I it made sense, but it was like, well, what is the motivation and where, who are these people and stuff like that. So that's typical Guy Ritchie fashion, though. He does that in like all his movies. He purposely confuses the hell out of you for the first and second act and then puts everything together in the third. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, once again, he did it. Yeah, yeah. But again, it, this one, not as bad as some he's done in the past that are extremely confusing. I, I enjoyed this film. Um, it is super hardcore revenge. I wasn't quite expecting that. I wanted kind of more of the backstory, much like you were referring to earlier as your example of Man on Fire. Uh, I think it helps you relate to the character a little bit more and why they're seeking out such hardcore revenge. So maybe that's why he seems even more cold and distant because you can't really relate to him because you don't find out why he's seeking the revenge until way, way farther into the film. 
Yeah, I think that was my biggest pain point of this of this movie was it was tough for me to get into I guess rooting for uh H's character cuz I was like, "Well, what why are we doing this?" And then you you finally find out and you're like, "Okay, but it, it's still a little bit like a little late, I guess, in my mind." Well, I'll get into it a little bit more in the spoiler world, but even by the finish of the film, you still don't really know a whole lot about H at all. You know more, but you don't know a whole lot. Yeah, you 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 definitely don't know very much. So, I think Matt, I think it's it's time to uh, to ask you, what are you drinking today? Ah. <sighs> Michael, thank you ever so much for asking. Mike, today I am a slacker. I'm only drinking beers that I have in my fridge, which right now is only two flavors, and the other flavor I've driven, driven, I've drank. I'm not driving. I'm potting. I drank for the past two weeks. Shinerbach, so I'm not doing that. I have a champagne of beers tonight. Oh, Miller High Life. Oh, nice. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm drinking an IPA. Shocker. But it's a light IPA. It's a Lagunitas Daytime. Oh, I thought you were going to say the IPA was the shocker. You know, the, the, like the, the, yeah. Yeah, two in the front, one in the back. Yes, yes. Yep, yep. Yes, sir. The, uh, the pitchfork for those of you who went to ASU. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Well, all right, Mike, enjoy your extremely bitter IPA while I ask you, how does Wrath of Man relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, for this one, uh, the composer, Christopher Binstead, uh, worked on this movie, and he also worked as a music editor on Thor. The original Thor? Not the good Thor? Yes. Well, actually, yeah, the original Thor. The original wasn't bad. The only bad Thor is the second one, Dark World. Dark, yeah. yeah. Ugh, we've talked yeah. about that many times, but yeah, that movie was a letdown. So, all right. All right, kids, that means we're in the spoiler department. Mike, uh... Since you were itching to spoil it, like right off the bat, go ahead. You can start it. Well, I wasn't quite itching. To, I just wanted to t- let everybody know that the third act at the depot was kind of cool with the um, uh, fight scene. I guess um, with the robbers going there to uh, rob the depot of I don't know, north of a hundred and fourteen million or something, just unbelievable amounts of money, like in a cash. Uh, I don't even know how much that would weigh. That would just be so much weight. Like, I think it was 160 million, but still, it's a lot of money, a whole, whole stinking lot of money. And yeah, physically, that would take it a lot. You know, the only issue I had, not to you know ramble, about the depot was how they're sitting there with full-on assault rifles, you know, fairly significant rounds just unloading on the guys trying to rob the place into their body armor. And it's just 
bouncing right off. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they would have probably had armor piercing rounds. Just my guess. Uh, I don't know about that part. I, I, I did question. I was like, well, what kind of gear do they have? I mean, like, I could see it being resistant, but like for how much, like, um, a couple of the uh, workers uh, at the depot unloaded like at least two clips before they got clipped. <laughs> uh, sorry for the bad pun. Um, <laughs> uh, in into the guys, and like one guy got like his neck or whatever got like 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 uh, a stray bullet or something. I don't know. Like it's like. I, I feel like there would have been more but yeah 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 i feel like there would have been more damage uh yeah. than that i just didn't believe that really at all because i mean it didn't look like they had any kind of special helmets again you know it is a movie we got to suspend disbelief to a little bit but they just look like regular motorcycle helmets and it's like no those are plastic visors those helmets are plastic a bullet would go right through those stupid things you know yeah i don't know i'm not sure what you know like you said, suspend disbelief, but um, it's not like the uh, depot didn't challenge the um, the robbers. Like there, there was definitely some some return fire and, and different things. But definitely, I just I don't know. I I think they were trying to make them larger than life, kind of mercenaries. You know, mercenaries for hire for themselves, kind of thing that they knew exactly what they were doing, how to execute it, all that stuff. And that's fine. Uh, I'm okay with it. It it adds to it, but you really got to kind of suspend it. Cause I mean, it looks later on when they're like stripping it off, it looks like it's just like plastic. So, and then, uh, so one other thing that was a little bit disappointing for me and it is, so these guys are all like elite buddies, uh, from, you know, former military guys and, you know, when it comes down towards the end and they've got this money, you know, the couple people that are left, they're all trying to kill each other. And I'm like, really? Like, right. I don't know, man. Like, that just seemed odd to me. Like, uh, I guess the one character did seem like he was kind of out of place and a little bit like lost it. Um, the character is played by Scott Eastwood. The other guy, like, he seemed like such a, like, I don't know. Like a good military guy, I I don't know. Like it's just weird. It's like everybody's trying to kill everybody. It seemed odd, man. Well, and you know they always talk about brothers in arms and how you know they die for each other out there when they're in combat and things like that. And for them to sit there, you know, and try and pick each other off. I mean, greed does change people dramatically, especially that level of greed. But I don't know, man. I don't think they would have done it. And here's this. How's this, Mike? So they clearly anticipated just about everyone dying because in the tunnel, there's only two quads. Yeah, I guess I guess they did. I don't know. I mean, the quads could have they could have thrown on a couple more people. I don't know. Well, they did have all that cash, and with all that cash, it, w- it seems like it would have been even more than the quads. Like the quads needed would have needed to have like some trailers or something, man. Right. Yeah. You would think, especially with that amount of money and they're trying to, and they're hauling ass like down the tunnel. It's like, no, that quad would probably barely be moving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure someone will do the math on how much it's supposed to weigh in like twenties or, or well, probably in hundreds and it'll be some ungodly amount of weight. Well, Mike, next time you decide to rob a 
armored car cash depot we'll stop and we'll weigh everything all right that sounds good okay cool all right got it all cleared up good so all right i'll talk about my spoiler part a little bit about uh h you really don't find out much at all about who he is you know he's some kind of gangster of some kind but then you kind of start questioning that because of his relationships with clearly someone in either the fbi or the cia that's literally just unleashing him to do all this stuff and clearly keeping the police and the fbi and everyone else off his back makes me think possibly foreign special forces i don't know he definitely isn't a good guy i i guess is a good way to put it because he's doing all kinds of horrible things, but he's doing all these horrible things to horrible people because of what happened to his son. You don't find out how he made his money or how this or that or anything or why he's even in LA other than visiting his son. I don't know. The the character development for the main character was just not there. And maybe that was uh, Richie's point is that he wants you to fill in the blanks on your own. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a hundred percent right, man. He, he, you don't know anything about this guy. It reminded me somewhat of like a John Wick type character where they slowly unravel stuff, except they never really unraveled anything in this. I mean, there's just, there's little hints. There's little like breadcrumbs of, um, and then, you know, he also several times in the movie said, I don't care about money. And it's like, well, what do you care about? Like, I mean, obviously his son, but it, it, you know, if he's doing drug or, you know, drug running or I I don't know, whatever he, he did like his crew though, in what sometime in the second act, they were going to rob one of the trucks that he was on and he walks out of it and they, they just walk away. They left. So yeah. They have to be financially motivated or something, right? Yeah, so, like, obviously money comes from somewhere, and then, like, the things that he got done, when he got his artificial, like, character main, you know, like, his, um, you know, undercover character to so he could join the, um, the, uh, what, what would you call that, the cash poly, what, uh, what do you call those people? Just the armor card, you know? Uh, security guards because yeah they're not cops so yeah yeah armored car like uh, security company or whatever they created a person who had like a 20 year history or 25 year history with like a work history and like like paid their taxes and like all kinds of like i mean really really in-depth fake person like i was like man that must have cost a fortune and yeah, he had that and he had background checks on like all these people that work there. Like it was pretty crazy. His, his knowledge of all the people and, and stuff. And then, I mean, whatever he does, that guy with the gun is like super, super scary. He just, you know, perfect shots, you know, like every time. Well, that's why I think he's special forces gangster something in between something along those lines. I don't know, maybe former uh, special forces that 
became a gangster, drug runner, money maker of some kind doing something because the amount of money he has, like you were pointing out earlier, it would take to do create like a new identity at that level. And then on top of it, you know, he's going to all these other things when they're trying to hunt down who did what to his son. And there's money and there's drugs and there's all kinds of shit around. And he's just ignoring all of it and just taking out his revenge or having his guys take out his revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, one of the characters, I mean, they like, they beat him up real bad. And then after he gave him a little bit of something, he was like, all right, give him 200 K and send him on his way. It's like 200,000. <laughs> yeah. Without, without batting an eye. So what, that's why it makes me think that he's like in with the, an, a government somewhere doing something. It, you know, it, on top of working with that FBI guy that's like, okay, are you done? Good? Okay, I'm going to go up. Yeah, yeah, it was like breadcrumbs, Matt. They just gave us a little bit of a little bit of something here and there, and we just don't know much. We don't even know, you know, we know that his, his employees went and shook down like every every person that they knew anything about, and, you know, they couldn't find come up with anything, so... So the first movie Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham have done together in 15 years, Mike. What are your thoughts? Do you think it was very successful? You think they're going to do more together? Uh, overall, I think it is. it was a pretty good movie. Uh, I wish there was just a little bit more, I guess, development of the main character and maybe a little bit more emotions shown. Or if not at in most of the movie, at least at some points, have some emotions shown. Yeah, uh, I think it was good. Uh, Revolver was his last one that they worked together on, I think, and that was great. So, um, I think I think they should continue to keep working together here and there. And this was number one at the box office. Good. I'm glad people are getting out and getting to the theaters. I went to a late show, which we had only one, but we did have one. And I was not the only one in there. There was probably, I don't know, 10 people in there with me. So that was that was a good sign. That was a real good sign. Yeah, when I went to my showtime, it was not a late time, a showtime. It was like a primetime showtime, and uh, it was pretty full. So it was good. All right, Mike, how many reels? All right, Matt, I'm going to give this one three reels out of five. Well, Mike, clearly I enjoyed this more than you, which I don't know how because you're Mr. Revenge, Revenge Everything. I mean, I think that'll be your piece de la resistance if you don't have, you know, any more kids in the future is you're going to write your own revenge movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I I could piece together from the different ones that I've loved to watch and just make my own just crazy revenge movie man there's there's this one i watched i think it was on netflix it was uh it's a smaller movie it's called the four horsemen oh man it was intense this was good i don't know if i would call it intense but it was good and that's why mike i give it four out of five reels wow four out of five yeah okay i think it's just because it was it's nice seeing jason statham back in on the big screen it was nice going to the theater um and it was so much better than guy Ritchie's last movie I'm not saying the gentleman was bad, but I'm not saying it was as good as this. So it's no snatch though, either. That's, that's my favorite guy, Richie movie ever. Love that movie. 
Yeah, I think Snatch is probably my favorite as well. But I did really like the Sherlock Holmes, uh, the first one. I thought that was fun and just great take on it, man. Oh, yeah, it was very, very good. Now, the sequels, that's another story. But the very first one was really, really good. So, okay, Mike, did you pick a movie for next week? Oh, no, not at all. I have not done that. (laughs) Oh, Mike, it's your pick. Okay, well, you know what? I'll pick it then. It will be Angelina Jolie's latest film. It's going to be in the theaters and on HBO Max, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh, all right. Well, that sounds good. Let's see what Angelina Jolie's uh, up to these days. I think the last movie that she uh, that I remember she was a part of was the one where she directed it about uh, the guy who washed up in Japan and Unbroken, wasn't it? Who, who couldn't be broken or whatever. Yeah, but... Wait. She directed this one? No, no, no. I think she directed... I think she, that was the last time I remember seeing anything about, you know, movies with her in it or, you know, involved with it. Well, dude, what about the uh, uh, Maleficent movies? Oh, well, I don't know if that came out. Oh, I don't know. All right. Continue on. <laughs> anyways okay so she plays a smoke jumper in this next one and it has to deal with wildfires and speaking of wildfires mike it's uh may and we officially have our first one over here in the prescott area ignited on saturday may 8th outside of crown king and it is a doozy and the uh Fire bombers have been flying over my home all day today trying to help put it out. And it was extremely windy today. It was bad. So this one might be a little tough to watch. Uh, we'll see. It it looks interesting, but it's a brand new movie. HBO Max in the theaters. We'll see how it goes. All right, man. Sounds good. Well, I guess uh, with that, um, thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, you know, go out there and stream a movie or maybe go watch a movie at the theater again since they're kind of opening. And that's wonderful. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Good morning, Matt Hinshaw from the Real Film Nerds podcast on Magic 99.1. How's it going? Good morning, Miss Live and Local on Magic 99.1. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Doing great. I've been looking forward to chatting with you all morning long because you're going to review Wrath of Man for us, which, by the way, came in number one at the box office this past weekend. Did you get to hit the theaters up and go watch it, or were you too busy enjoying Mother's Day? Oh, my gosh. I had a jam-packed weekend. I tell you what, I did not watch anything all weekend long, so I'm glad that uh, you did for us. Isn't it nice that the world's somewhat getting back to normal, finally? I I feel that way. I really do. We had our first remote on Saturday, and uh, people came out, and... um, it was really fun, really nice. I like normal. That makes two of us. So why do you like me then? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I like the abnormal too, Matt. <laughs> okay, good. All right, just wanted to make sure. Tell All me, right. how'd you like the movie? So, Wrath of Man is the uh, follow-up, I, I guess not follow-up, but the 
the teaming up of Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham after 15 years. The last movie they did together was Revolver. And this is a revenge movie from start to finish. So if you are not real big into revenge movies, this one is not for you. Okay. It's a pretty good action movie. It's a little dark. Um, it's extremely mysterious. Jason Statham is very, very cold. Uh, Guy Ritchie does his usual kind of time morphing, jumping around where he starts like his story in the middle of the story and then goes back and then he goes forward. Um, a lot of people like that. Some people don't. I- I'm okay with it when Guy Ritchie doesn't get too crazy with it. Right. On um, this one, he wasn't too bad. His last movie, The Gentleman that he did, that one I think was pretty rough when it came to his timing and jumping around and his plot points. This one's a little bit more straightforward. Um, I-, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's you know basically a revenge movie, bank heist, uh, robbery. You know, it's fun. It's a it's a fun action movie and it's definitely worth going and seeing in the theaters if you feel comfortable. Okay, now tell me, is it super violent? I'm assuming. Yeah, it's pretty violent to a level. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, there's worse out there, but the the end set piece um, is basically a, a bank robbery of an armored car facility, mm-hmm. and that really ramps it up. But that's like the pinnacle of the entire movie. Okay. You know? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. How many reels are you going to give it? I I really enjoyed it. I gave it four out of five. Four out of five. Wow. Rotten Tomatoes gave it sixty six percent. Well, then they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Metacritic 57, <laughs> IMDb uh, 7.5 out of 10, but 92% of Google users liked the movie, so they agree with you. Well, good. They're smart. They're smart. There you go. <laughs> what are we going to uh, talk about next week? So I got a couple things. Uh, next week, we're going to review uh, Angelina Jolie's latest movies coming out in the theaters and on HBO Max. Might be a little tough to watch because it's about a smoke jumper in the Montana wilderness, but it's uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Now, smoke jumper in the Montana wilderness, is that about wildfires? Yes. Oh, yeah, that so, will that will be it, hard. It might be a little tough to watch, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think hopefully it'll be a good movie. It's the first movie that uh, Angelina has done in a long time that's not Maleficent. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Now, um, tell me, does she star in the movie? She okay. stars in the movie. She's not directing it. She's okay. not writing it. Okay. Um, she's been getting into directing a lot since about her de- her directorial debut in Unbroken in 2014. Okay. But um, I-, I can give you a little synopsis real quick of it. It's uh, a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be good, but it will be hard to watch. We'll let you go first. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's one of the reasons why I picked it on HBO Max, because uh, if it gets a little bit too much, I can pause it and walk away. There you you go. There you go. Fair enough. Now, Matt, you also have a giveaway this morning, correct? Yes, ma'am. My friends over at Paramount Pictures have reached out and sent me a bunch of digital codes for a brand new movie that came out. On May 7th, it's called Locked In. If you want to be entered in to win a copy of Locked In, all you have to do is email me at nerds at realfilmnerds.com and tell me the place where you do not want to be locked in ever. Oh, my gosh. That list is super long for me. All right. It's nerds at realfilmnerds.com. That's the name of the podcast as well. Maddie, love talking with you, buddy. It's always a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks for having me on again. You're welcome.